0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final News Agent podcast episode of 2022. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Manager at Goodlord, and this episode is a recording of our final webinar of the year, looking back at 2022 and covering lettings predictions for 2023. We were joined by a panel of experts, Peter Knight, founder of Property Academy, Greg Suman, Lettings Director at Martin Gerrard, and Goodlord CEO, William Reeve good lord's director of insurance ollie sherlock moderated the conversation so have a listen and we'll be back with more episodes in the new year
1: Good morning everyone and welcome to the final uh, Good Lord webinar of 2022. Um, what a year it's been. Um, today's session is predicting the future um, so uh, take what you will from today's session uh, but hopefully um, uh, given the uh, esteemed um, partners we've been joined by um, there's going to be some some very strong and accurate predictions. I'm joined today by uh, William Reeve, Peter Knight and Greg Tuesman uh, who will introduce themselves shortly. Um, my name is Ollie Sherlock, I'm di- a Director of Insurance here at good lord uh, and it 's a pleasure to have you uh, on board today um, we 're going to be covering a plethora of things um, ranging from uh, predictions around the reform bill um, to rental prices and everything in between um, the Q and A is open from the first minute. Um, so please don't hesitate to to direct any questions at any of our panellists. Um, I'll try and blend those into the webinar as we go. Um, but if you've got a particular question for a particular panellist, please do note that on the question when you submit it. That'll be very helpful. Um, as I say, I'll try and blend those in as we go, but we'll also hopefully have a bit of time at the end of the webinar uh, to go back through the questions um, that we may have missed through the session. Um, we're thankfully joined by Sarah as well, as as per usual on the webinars, and um, who's, who's managing and direct, directing the slides. Um, if we have any technical problems any sound problems first of all please shout at us in capital letters um on the chat uh, so we see it very quickly and we'll try and rectify those as quickly as possible greg and i know too well about these technical gremlins uh, on these kind of webinars so they do happen um before we go into the webinar, uh, for people joining uh, today who aren't aware who Goodlord are, um, we are a tenancy progression platform that aims to support your business, make you more efficient, and expedite the lettings process, whilst also introducing revenue lines that can help uh, improve your revenue per let, but also uh, improve the level of service you can give to your customers, i.e. your tenants and landlords. Um, if you want more information about Goodlord, then please do visit our website where you can book a demonstration um, and look at everything from rent collection to landlord terms of business, payments, tenancy creation, rent protection section tenancy services and all bills included a new addition to our our services um Today isn't about Good Lord, as as pretty much all of our Good Lord webinars webinars aren't actually. Um, that isn't kind of what we try and do. Um today is really about looking into the future um and predicting, hopefully, and um, what we think the market has to throw at us. Um and as always, we're keen for your input uh, from you as, as the attendees. So your thoughts are, are as always more than welcome. Um but as I said earlier, we're joined by Peter, Greg, and William. Um
2: Peter, good morning. How are you? Um excellent. Thank you, Ollie. Thank you very much indeed for having me this morning and uh... Uh, looking forward to uh, getting lots of great questions, hopefully, and, and, and hope that we can answer some of the uh, concerns and doubts I know that people have out there at the moment. Well, indeed, and we're sticking our neck out here,
1: Peter, because this is recorded, of course. So, um, if if we ever want to be proven proven correct or wrong, we, 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 the, the attendees are going to have the ability to do that. So, fair play to them. And Peter, for those who don't, and I, I struggle to believe uh, anybody in the in, in the property industry doesn't know Mr. Peter Knight, given um, the, the the circles you move in and and and, and the Property Academy. Um, but could you explain very quickly, sort of, w- what your place in the industry is, Peter, and some of your experiences?
2: Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Ollie. Um, yes, um, so I'm, as it says on the slide, I'm the founder of the Property Academy. Um, our business um, is principally working with the state and lettings agency leaders to help them to become better businesses and better business leaders, and that's really the core of what we uh, of what we do. Uh, we have um, sort of mastermind groups, I suppose they'll be referred to. Um, we have about 100 or so members in those, and we also have a, a future leaders group comprising some of the Younger people coming through, teaching them about leadership, uh, so that preparing them for their for their future. Um, and in addition to that, we run the EA Masters uh, event, um, which is an annual event. Um, indeed, uh, very uh, fortunate to have good lord and vouch support of, of that. Um, and uh, we also run the best estate agent guide, which is the only true whole of market assessment of every single uh, estate investing agent in the country. Um, where we um, assess their performance and uh, publish the best estate agent guide, highlighting the very best agents um, in in each in each region. So uh, that's a I suppose a, my my background. I used to be an estate agent, Ollie, um, for many years. I ran uh, an agency called Jackson Property Services, which we sold to the Halifax, and I became Group MD of Halifax uh, for a short period. Uh, so um, um, I, I'm no longer an estate agent, but I, I was one for many many years and. And my whole career has been based in the state agency.
1: A, a wealth of experience and I'm sure of the, the hundreds and hundreds of, of of letting agents joining today, um, there's definitely going to be crossover between some of the services and, and and educational pieces that you deliver, Peter. But uh, if you haven't seen any of those, uh, I would implore you to to search those out and, and look at, especially some of the content that the Property Academy put out there. Um, I think, you know, I think we can all accept we're in a time where, um, uh, you know, so much change is going on. Education is key and I really do I uh, believe the Property Academy give great value and 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 insight there to help direct businesses in the right direction. So thank you so much for joining today, Peter. Looking forward to to hearing more from you shortly. Um, we're also joined
0: by Greg. Good morning, Greg. How are you today? Good morning, morning. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, uh, it's sunny outside, a little bit crisp, but uh, I, I, I like the sort of weather. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, this is this is a second uh, time I'm doing this prediction. First time last December uh, I had COVID without realising it and uh, the recording as you can probably tell was affected by that somewhat
1: (laughs) I think I think you muddled through and um, it appears that only I got the memo about the Christmas jumper you're looking extremely dapper today Greg Um, (laughs) uh, that email must not have got through to all three of you Um, so only me looking stupid here which is is no bad thing Um, Greg you you wear two hats Um, you're lettings director at Martin Gerrard but you're also um, uh, influential through Property Mark and you're moving into a new position I think that's right in saying in Property Mark uh, in due course is that right? Right,
0: That's, That is correct. I am Lettings Director of Martin Gerald State Agents. We're a uh, North London award-winning leading independent agent. Uh, and I also, uh, the second hat I wear is a present elect of Arla Property Market. It will be my presidential year uh, next year. So uh, let's hope my predictions are correct. Otherwise, I'm going to get a lot of stick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic to have you on board. Congratulations on the, um, uh, on the presidency for, for next year at, uh, in, in Poverty Mark. Uh, Poverty Mark is doing more and more across the industry. And I'm sure you'll only further that. So welcome aboard to today's session. And uh, again, look forward to hearing more from you very shortly. Um, we're also joined today by um, Good Lord CEO, uh, Mr. William Reeve. Good morning, William. Hello, Ollie. Good to see everybody. Hello.
3: Thank you, uh, Peter and Greg, for joining too
1: and and william um above and beyond um being a good lord ceo your experience goes uh, and spans across different industries as well doesn't it it's not just property that you've been you've had sort of a relevant experience in
3: that's right Ollie. um i mean i've i've really been um in the technology industry all my career but that spanned a, a bunch of different industries um, i was um I've been an investor in um the property the property portal Zoopla, but I'm best known probably for my role in co-founding love film, um which is my second business actually, but I've been involved in a whole bunch of, of um, technology businesses uh, generally from inception to to to, to um hope to their growth and exit, including secret escapes, nutmeg, um the business that became she who cannot be named Alexa uh, and various others. It's
1: really interesting to have your insights, I think, from a technological point of view as well, and understanding how um, letting agents can can adapt um, alongside uh, the change that they're facing with tech as well. And uh, I know you're going to bring some of those uh, uh, expertise into today's session. So thank you to all three of you for joining. Um, And and today, we want to initially very quickly just look backwards, um, because um, it would be remiss to to look forward to that, thinking what we thought this year was going to be. So we're going to take a quick look over 2022. Um, We're going to talk about economic uncertainty, the cost of living crisis, um, because ultimately that is the major uh, major challenges that we're facing, alongside the Renters Reform Bill, of course, which we'll be talking through predictions on that. Uh, We've also got a quick fire round, which I'm hoping um, the the webinar technology has worked. um, And you should have seen, or for you all attendees, you should have seen a quick poll uh, that flashed up. Uh, for you to select so um we're, we're not going to release that, that information first i'm actually going to ask there. Ah, there we go it is now flushed up uh, i'm gonna we're going to ask you guys as attendees first um uh, we're not going to sc- disclose the results of that we're then going to ask the panelists at the end of the session we're going to see whether we whether we all agree um but let's get into it let's have a look backwards into 2022 we're nearly at the end of 2022 um and it's fair to say that maybe the last three years, four years, frankly, have thrown in, thrown in some surprises. Um, in terms of um, landlord volumes, um, I'm going to start with you, Greg, with your, your, your Martin Jared hat on. Um, what, were your, what were your predictions, thinking back to, to the start of the year, around landlord volumes? Um, were you thinking actually this would be a year of growth uh, following two years of, uh, of challenge uh, through COVID? Um, or were you less optimistic?
0: In terms of landlord volumes, um, I think since 2016, we've been predicting that um, landlords would be exiting the market. And the increase in legislation is a burden. Um, and of course, um, during the pandemic, we saw some uh, rent reductions, uh, which contributed to a significant uh, reduction of number of landlords in the marketplace. And I think the fact that in 2020 to 2021, £14.3 billion pounds was raised by the HMRC um, uh, from landlords selling, uh, which is a 42% increase uh, on the year before that. So um, I I think we need to look at that and see where this is going. Although there are some green shoots now, uh, which we can certainly talk about in, in, in the near future, demand has increased, rents were going up, the ratio of landlords went from uh, the sort of this the historic average of about five to one to 35 to one this summer and it now stands at about 45 to one which is absolutely unprecedented
1: so in terms of um uh of your business Greg, looking back sort of 12 months almost um what did you think was going to be the biggest challenge of of 2022
0: the biggest challenge was always going to be attracting landlords uh which i think we've done very very successfully through uh, various different strategies we've had but um and also retaining the existing clients and reassuring them that although the renters reform bill is coming in, it's not as bad as it seems. Um, don't believe everything the media publish. Uh, think for yourself and listen to the experts. Um, and I think that uh, property mark agents have been uh, drumming on about it and uh, have been doing a very, very good job um
1: maybe if we either speak closer to the mic or a little louder which getting a few quite a few points around uh the audio being a little quiet thank you to to jan and gareth for, for raising that also thank you to paul for his love of my um, my spurs shirt in the background come on you spurs paul um <laughs> looking at <laughs> that's gonna infuriate will it um looking at um looking at this year then greg um and so looking back at this year um you mentioned some attracting landlords um how hard has that been? Um you say you're successful, but that that would suggest that there's been more work had to go into that given your prediction at the start of the year. Um how difficult has that been um generally in the agents within your region, same property mark, not so much Martin Gerard?
0: Um I think attracting landlords is 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 difficult because there is a fewer number of them. Um and um sorry, just before I continue, is, is the sound okay for everyone? It, it's a little better, yeah.
1: Um could be a little
0: louder, but um
1: I think, no, we're, so I think I we're I think we're okay.
0: Yeah, um, and and of course, when more people are competing for the reducing number of um, landlords, then we're we're always going to struggle. Uh, so we need to be better than our competitors. We need to demonstrate our value, the benefits that we offer. Um, and 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 I think that um, that there are many many different strategies, and I'm not going to sort of go into too much detail as to um, what works and what doesn't work. Um, uh, but um, I think most agents who were committed to delivering a great customer service and keeping their landlords informed on the changing market um, have done quite well this year. Mm. Uh, Of course, the numbers are very, very different. We've seen a 72 percent drop of landlords compared to um, two years ago, for example. And so, of course, there are some challenges.
1: And, of course, the, the, the no matter which office you're sat in today, the competition hasn't gone away. Um, if anything, um, it's slightly risen. So, you know, less less opportunity, more competition makes for somewhat a tough market. Um, it's very easy uh, looking backwards um, to focus on the more negatives and the challenges and even easier to look forwards and think, goodness me, how harder things are going to be? But, Peter, as, as you alluded to uh, in your introduction, you, you come across thousands, it's probably fair to say, of estate and letting agents across the country. If you were to pick a highlight of of twenty twenty two, what do you think that would be?
2: Well, uh, <clears throat> um, Ollie, every market makes a market, and uh, the thing is, you know, I don't think I've ever in forty years known a marketplace where you go, well, you know, it's the perfect market. You know, there's there's always something going on. There's either issues relating to. Lack of stock, or there's too much stock, or rents are rising, or rents are reducing, or legislation is changing, whatever. So, every market makes a market. And I think, whilst the national stats that Greg quotes are, you know, cannot be ignored, ultimately, a state agency has always been a very, very localized business. And it's about how agents have applied themselves locally. And what I've been absolutely thrilled to see is so many of our members actually capitalizing on the inadequacies of so many other agents. You know, it's, this is a time I think where the best agents have been able to um, be not only to demonstrate that that they're different, but actually be of value with that difference because of all this change, because of all the issues that the potential changes of legislation throw up. So, I think one of the highlights of this year is actually the value that that, that can be attached to the higher quality agent, and and my sense is that that is going to continue very much through twenty three and beyond.
1: And and it's often true, isn't it, Peter? That in periods of stress, you know, the cream does rise to the top because the the, the smarter um the businesses um adapt and change but also understand how they can present value and we're going to talk a bit later on actually about the difference between cost and value and our predictions around that um but you know we're seeing that um we're seeing that also also from an acquisition perspective um have you been surprised at, uh, at sort of the rate of uh, of growth of some of the, the larger organizations acquiring agents at the speed they have through 2022
2: Absolutely, and 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 again, we've seen this before, haven't we? I mean, I'm not suggesting that the the, the current major acquirers are going to go down the same road that their predecessors did, but uh, you know, again, for the smaller independents, and my guess is that the majority of the audience here today on this webinar belong to belong to that profile. It's it's a great opportunity because they're mm. able to demonstrate a much more frequently, anyway, a much more personalised service, um, which ultimately is what typically landlords want, and so. And tenants, for that matter, as well. So I do think that you know um, we've seen a lot of acquisitions go on. We've we've seen a lot of our members actually sell their businesses this year, and but even more acquire rental books. And mm. so, whilst Greg's point about the reduction in overall landlords coming into the market is a really fair one, also there's quite a lot of agents getting out of the uh, of the industry now, and, and and there's been some great opportunities to make some really good acquisitions. So you know it's it's like all these things, Ollie. You know you can you can you can sing a tune that is that is negative, or you can see the, the opportunity that's there. Every market makes a market, and the key to that is you need to know the market you're in, and you also need to know the market that you're heading towards. And and that I think is where agents need to understand. You know that that, that we are a, in a continuous period of change, and 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 that you know this year this year is I think only the 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 you know, the start of. Some of the challenges that we're going to be facing in twenty three but they' are big opportunities too and
1: and and william I, I promise to direct a more positive question at you uh, as we go through the session uh, but, but initially um looking back on twenty twenty two um from a uh, a lettings or supplier perspective um what would your biggest frustration of the year be
3: uh, well, I think for us um, at least ollie, the biggest frustration is probably what's happened in the energy markets where um you know, very very quickly after the Ukraine invasion, um the the consumer energy market essentially just closed to business. And uh that's that's been that's been very frustrating for those of us who've who've been really trying to help that industry f- um uh, become more efficient, find more customers. And uh it's totally understandable that the you know the, the price cap regime does not fit for purpose and it's left the uh, energy retailers Essentially, being forced to supply people at a loss. So, it's completely understandable. They don't want any more customers, but it's it's at the same time, it's been very frustrating. It's a major part of our our economy that's essentially been um, dysfunctional since March.
1: And and indeed, a major part of a lot of agencies' um, revenue lines because as they've adopted more services to support tenants. Um, between that move uh process um clearly that that 's challenged that in some respects so uh, i'm sure there's there's many on the call that would, would share that frustration um i 'm sure from an agent perspective and attendee perspective you have many more frustrations um uh over twenty twenty two and hopefully your year has had had more wins than losses i think if you can come out of the year thinking you've you 've achieved that you 've probably had a good twenty two on the balance of things given how challenging some of the the months have been um, but looking forward um we do find ourselves uh, at the end of this year, going to next year, um, with a uh, a challenging economic outlook. Um, and actually, Peter, you you do a piece of work, or you've done a piece of work alongside um, a, a colleague, um, I think is uh, you've known for some time now, um, within the Property Academy, um, around the economic climate moving forwards. And if we go to the next sl- slide, please, Sarah. Um, move on. There we go. Um, yes, Roger Martin, a fag. I think he's he's been proven to to be. Um, uh, a keen nose on these kind of things. He he he's got more things right than wrong. I, I think you were suggesting there, Pete. So, keen to sort of understand your your points alongside this in terms of what we're looking at from an economic perspective.
2: So, Roger Roger's a behavioural economist, and uh, he has worked with us since our inception. In fact, I've worked with Roger for twenty five years, and he's he, he's just been broadly right. I mean, he's as he says, he's often precisely wrong, but he's broadly right, uh, and 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 you know he's. He doesn't just call the economy, because he's a behavioural economist, he studies what, un, what underpins the economy, which is human behaviour. And he has called the last three general elections um, accurately. He's called, uh, likewise, the American elections too. And, uh, you know, he, was t- he, he forecast both the Trump and Biden victories months before the actual elections took place. So the guy's got really good form. And, you know, what Roger is basically saying, and in fact, all of our members have an exclusive webinar this afternoon with him we 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 bring roger in every quarter and more frequently as events change i think he's done about 10 for us this year given the uh the, the, the all, all the changes that we've experienced and, and roger roger's view is basically this if it hadn't have been for the uh i've got to moderate my language the truster flick i think is perhaps a more appropriate term um the, you know, if it hadn't been for the the, the mini budget and what occurred, Roger was of the opinion that you know we may have had a a small recession technically, but it was broadly okay and things were going well, and he was devastated actually by the uh, the consequence of of that. But this is this is the summary here of what he's going to be talking to our members about. Although he's going to go into a lot more detail about property uh, later this afternoon. And as you can see there, he's saying that house price growth is going to be, a, 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 he reckons, at 0%. Um, and, you know, he's he's fairly optimistic about where base and mortgage rates are going to end up. And I think people have got very short memories. You know, I've been, unfor- unfortunately, perhaps in this industry for longer than many. And if you go back, you know, fifth, for the last 50 years, the average mortgage rate for that period of time has been 7.6%. You know, we've just had this incredibly cheap period of finance. And it, it was never going to last forever, and you know, at the moment, if if you if you look if I look back on my career, and 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 you said to me, oh, you, know, you can get a mortgage for five five and a half percent fixed rate. You know, would that I'd go fantastic? We can work with mm-hmm. that, absolutely. So you know, you can see that an unemployment at four point three percent. The reality is that five percent unemployment. There's always, I'm afraid, large numbers of people who are just not employable. Uh, probably myself included within that statistic, um, but, but the thing is, five percent is regarded as being, if you like, full employment to all intents and purposes. So, you know we've actually we, we 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 continue to have a labour shortage actually, and one of the concerns I have going forward is people making short term changes to their business model out of what they see as necessity, only to potentially regret as they did uh, after COVID. Losing some really quality people, and then and then finding that they couldn't actually deal with any uptick in volumes that came. Mm. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm showing, I'm showing my my cards here. Showing my cards. I'm, I'm optimistic about things, uh, but then I tend to be anyway. And and a quick question uh, from Gareth: um, Can you recall what um,
1: period the fixed rate mortgage predictor uh, is over? Is that two, five, or ten?
2: I, um, I I I I don't know. Um, um, I There's a reason
1: to reason for Gareth to tune in this afternoon. Then maybe Gareth book the afternoon off. Do yes. The webinar in store, and you'll get the answer. But I can we can follow up with that question. Maybe I'll once be two.
2: very happy to my my. If I had to guess, it would be it would be a five year. It would probably be the five year rate because that typically is what Roger would comment on. But I I don't know for certain what 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 uh, what that is. But I I'll be very happy, Oddly to share with you and with everybody else uh, when uh, when when Roger has shared his views later late this afternoon.
1: That would be great. We'll follow up with you, Gareth, just to confirm. Um, so um, you're feeling quite optimistic about things, Peter, but Greg, are you are you in the same boat? Are you, are you looking forward to next year with, a, with the same sort of glasses on or, or slightly different?
0: I answer that? Can I just test that the mic is working fine now? That, that is better, I think, yes. Excellent. Right. So I, I'm also very optimistic. Um, I think that uh, house price growth of zero needs to be put in context over the next five year period, where I'm almost certain that we will see significant house price growth. Um in terms of inflation I'm a little bit less optimistic. I think inflation is here to stay. I cannot see how it can reduce to an average of 5% over the next 12 months. Um I think there are still significant pressures on um rents going up, on energy prices and um, well food inflation hasn't been fully factored in I don't believe. Um but but I think the outlook is mainly positive. Um we need to work hard um, because no matter how good the market is or how bad the market is, we can make or break it. Um, so if we put our minds to it, like we did during the pandemic, like we did during the Lehman Brothers crash um, and many other difficult periods, um, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to in 2023.
1: And and you, you suggest that house price growth, will uh, we will see some growth there. Um, is that... Essentially, over-optimistic given that we, we've gone through quite a big surge and, and arguably what we're seeing now is maybe a correction more than anything else because the effects of COVID, albeit instigated by the interest rate change. Um, what, what feeds that level of optimism that we will just see continued growth from a house price perspective?
0: Well, just to clarify, I think everybody's expecting a small correction. Uh, We've been talking about it for a while. Even some vendors are expecting it, which is positive. The market has been so hot over the last couple of years that um, we need to be realistic about how sustainable those levels of growth Mm -hmm. are. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to swing the pendulum in the opposite direction and have 20% price drops like some were predicting. Um, Now, it's about being realistic. I think a um, stable house price growth of 0% is a um, very fair estimate. I I think um, it may fluctuate a little bit, but I also think that it's important to filter out the intermittent noise. We don't monitor house price growth every day. Uh, Most of us don't look at it every month. Uh, We look at it when we want to sell. And if the price has gone up by the time we want to sell, then we're all happy. Mm.
1: I think we are seeing the, 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 as you suggest the, the the signs of a correction already. Um, two point one percent fall in uh, asking prices last month, according to Rightmove. And of course, that's asking prices. It's not telling you actually what the house is, is selling for. And you would suggest that actually there's there's probably some room in that yet. Um, you know, in terms of the deals that are then done. But um, it, I think it's it's clear the interest rate change had a seismic effect, right? And a pretty immediate effect. Um, hard to see many other things. Um. On, sorry <laughs> um, uh, Sorry about that um yeah. uh, hard, to, hard to see uh, any other sort of event in the last few years that had such a seismic effect um on, on, on house prices in that way um william from your perspective um are, are you aligned with with the two panelists here in terms of that level of optimism is there any
3: any, I, any other words of caution i think i'm not probably quite as optimistic as some of the some of the others uh, just by temperament but i think to my mind it's a uh, what happens to house prices is just a result of almost a tug of war between two effects. Uh, one of the drivers is the uh, earnings growth, um, uh, income, uh, salaries, wages, um, and you know it, it, whether whether they're six percent, whether whether they're closer to what the nurses are asking for, seventeen they, they, percent. They're clearly rising, and house prices are always a function of salaries and wages and earnings. So that, that's pushing house prices up. And in the meantime, you've got interest rates shooting up, and um, Again, Peter's, Peter's right to flag that historically interest rates remain lower than the than, than the average. So, but but clearly, the house price growth in the last many years has been driven by by uh, cheaper cheaper debt and and, low and um, cheaper mortgages. So, uh, it's really a question of which of those two effects wins, and 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 perhaps the um and, and perhaps there's going to be a short term uh, one of them might win in the short term, and the other one wins in the longer term. And of course, overriding all of that is sentiment. Which, which took a real knock during the, um, the, the moron budget. Sorry, the mini budget. And, um, uh, but it, was, it does seem to have recovered a little bit since then. And,
1: and, of course, all of, this, all, all of these things uh, we can see are predicting. They have a real a real effect on people. Uh, um, and actually, Hugh, who's joined us today, good morning, Hugh, um, says, hi there, really interesting stuff. Um, it's very tough for a lot of people out there at the moment. Um, but is your optimism genuine? I'm a single professional having lived in London for 12 years and earning a good wage, um, but still struggling to actually buy in the city. Um, I think um, it's fair to say across the panel, uh, and indeed from a global perspective, we really recognise that. We see that through the tenant referencing we do. Um, we understand the pressure. On individuals, um, and actually, it's about trying to um, trying to support and educate the best we can to put people like letting agents in a position where they can empathise, but also provide a high level of service. And I think it's worth noting: it's very easy to forget how important and intrinsic letting agents actually are to that process. To that support mechanism to tenants to really guide them to where maybe they should be looking on a property versus what they can afford, um, looking at the other costs that attribute to a property. The best agents will go through that with you as a tenant. Um, so Hugh, no, f- heard loud and clear, fully sympathise it. it's extremely difficult for a lot of people. And, and what's what's somewhat unique about the, the times are in is that it affects everybody um, in 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 different ways. Um, uh, albeit in certain cohorts uh dramatically, I think everybody is affected in somewhat uh, by this, whether it's energy prices or indeed the interest rate and inflation rises. Um I so think it's move-
3: worth just adding, Oli, that I mean, if you if you think about what policymakers are trying to do, and and the Bank of England is seen as the bank in the vanguard of trying to tackle the inflation um for, for for however logical that is i'm not quite sure but that but that, that that's its role in, in the economy and it's pushing interest rates up and the the main effect of interest rates going up for mo- for most people is um pushing the price of housing up uh, either because it pushes um mortgage costs up or because um it kind of affects the yields that landlords are looking for so e- either way the kind of way the way that the the the, the sort of anti inflation policy is, is supposed to take effect is to make housing more expensive and to cramp people's style from the all the all the additional um, expenses they can have on their housing. So whether that's a, a cost of ownership or cost of renting, um, absolutely I mean, we should we should expect while the, while the policymakers are trying to deal with inflation that housing is more more and more expensive.
1: And 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 William wouldn't have seen Hugh your follow-up
3: point, which was
1: especially now with rents and it's yeah. all time high. So you've 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 read that uh least that, that well there. I think the um it's easy to it's easy to to look towards landlords and agents and suggest that they're central to the um rapid rising in rents. But I think that's, you know, as you've alluded to there, simply not true. There there's some very much external forces there, which I think we're gonna come on to actually uh, somewhat uh, in a moment in the session
0: just just to jump on that and i think it's it's a, it's a theme that's been um repeated in the media many many times uh, it's important to remember why the rents are going up and it's important to remember why people are struggling to get on the housing ladder um the reason for this is the taxation policies that were introduced in 2016 where you're taxed on um the rent rather than the profit you make and for every 100 pound increase that the landlord has in mortgage costs they have to increase the rent by 133 pounds just to stay still Mm. So, uh, if, if if I have any advice to people struggling to get on the housing ladder, is to sign a petition uh, that would review the reversal of that awful policy which punishes tenants and uh, makes it much harder for them to save up for a deposit and get on the housing ladder.
1: And quite naturally, you know, the the government continues to miss the new house building uh, numbers, uh, which have now been uh, are now advisory. Um, I think. Um, far easier to remove a target you can't hit than figure out how to hit it, I would argue. Um, I don't think those things help either.
0: <laughs> Ollie, it's a little bit like a letting negotiator who's not hitting their targets, turning around to their boss and saying, Do you know what? I don't think targets work. Let's scrap them.
3: I, exactly I was, right. was my diet, actually. So I was <laughs> still thinking of making my weight objective as advisory rather than mandatory. Well, I probably different. would
1: during December, William, um, yeah. if, if I were you. Uh busy a few weeks to come. Um, okay, so as you move through um, from. Um, looking more close to the economy. Uh, if we can slip, skip on two slides, please, Sarah. Um, and we'll share these slides with you. There's some of these slides are contextual um, that may be helpful actually to uh, replay to maybe some of your staff and staff meetings or indeed put as part of landlord packs. Um, and again, hopefully this in- information and this content today is interesting. Um, please don't sit on it though. Um, I'm really hoping personally that you take this out and you have these conversations with your landlords. Um, there are very few, few, very few agents will do. Um, and the ones that do, I think will, and will resonate um, back through. Um, um, and ultimately, as a landlord, I think it's fair to say that most will need reassuring somewhat, um, whether it's going back to Greg's points around how difficult it is actually to, to really turn uh, a margin, um, in, in a challenging, uh, market and time, um, or indeed looking at your business, um, and your business model, uh, equally as challenged. Um, the last couple of years, frankly, have taught us to expect the unexpected. Uh, we've seen things like a Scottish rent freeze, the mini budget. Uh, I think it was called something else, but my, my mic just, or my audio just went off when William said the word. Um, and also potential new governments and governmental change. Um, you know, we could see many uh, things like this moving forwards. Um, I want to focus maybe on the rent freeze piece because um, Sadiq Khan, uh, the London mayor, has been very vocal around wanting a rent freeze, a rent freeze in London. Um, Peter, what are your thoughts around rent freezes in general? Um, we've obviously seen one in Scotland um, being enacted already. Um, and there is, um, there is noise, although uh, interesting to know what you think the potential is of, of one uh, coming to the to, to, to the City of London.
2: Well, you know, it's one of those, Aaron, are, are, is that, you know, they're just, I say they, the government adjusts one thing in one area to, to try to sort one issue out. And then there's always consequences. And sometimes those consequences are hard to predict. But, I mean, you know, a rent freeze, what, what we, we know what that's going to do, don't we, you know, in terms of the reduction, in terms of the numbers of properties that will be available as, as landlords check out as a consequence. It's just absolutely ridiculous, quite frankly, to uh, imagine that we're going to, to um, uh, improve the situation by, by, measures, uh, by measures such as this. And uh, you know, I, I fear that if if it was to gather momentum, I mean, Sadiq Khan uh, has a position uh, to, uh, to 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 maintain. He has a, an election to win in X number of years' time. Um, you know, they're going to they're take these the, the, these viewpoints on the, on the side of the tenant. But the, what will happen, and has already happened, is a reduction in the numbers of properties that will be available to rent. And if you reduce the number of available to rent, as Greg alluded to a moment ago, and he knows much better than I, um, you know, supply and demand kicks in. So it's, it's, it's a complete nonsense, uh, Ollie, in my opinion, and, uh, and very dangerous.
1: And and you, you talk about the, uh, or you alluded to a, um, a conflict between, you know, ultimately wanting to get um, voted back in and, and policy. Um, do you think that's symbolic maybe of more recent legislative and policy changes where um, the housing market especially has been used as a, as a vote winner rather than actually looking at the core problems? And that's compounded the position to where we are today.
2: Well, I think what, we've seen um you know just look at the numbers of housing ministers that we've experienced i mean people talk about the numbers of prime ministers but you know the whole the whole situation with housing has been a complete joke for 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 many a year now and not just in the last Mm. year or two it's been it's been a a revolving door that is that that is that is spinning at a rate that is quite, quite extraordinary so there's been no joined up uh, there's no joined up thinking. There hasn't been for a long time, and you know you adjust something in one one area. You know, help to buy as an example, perhaps. What's the impact of that? It just pushes up the price of new homes. You know, it, mm. it's a uh, you know you, the, there's 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 an absence of a coordinated approach, in my opinion, and 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 this is where the opportunity comes into play because again, what you were saying, Ollie, was that the best agents will understand what the impact of these things are in their localities. And they will take the trouble to go out and properly communicate to people what what they should be doing in this circumstance. You know what should they? They should be looking at their landlord portfolios, assessing what is right for each individual landlord, whether they've got a single property or they've got multi, multi properties. They should be looking and helping tenants in that respect as well. Many of whom potentially will go on to become landlords themselves in the future. So I just feel that you know we we're, we're in a situation which is. You know, a lot of these things are are probably um, not going to happen. Um, uh, but they 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 plant a seed of doubt and fear into the marketplace, which is already nervous to begin with. And so the best agents really now need to, it, it takes time though. They can't just go out with a, a general statement or a newsletter and expect to be able to, you know, um address all of their customers' needs in one hit. They're going to have to go out and individually speak with all of their clients to find out their individual circumstances and work with them to come up with plans to mitigate these situations as best as they're able to. Um, So I think that this is where the opportunity comes in. And of course, they will no doubt come on to it. They've They've got to charge appropriately for that. And uh, the, I, I think we're going to see a, a separation between you know the, the 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 cheaper cut price agents who've managed to get away with it and the premium agents who genuinely are offering uh, their their clients quality advice, but they've got to charge for it. And 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 uh, I think this this circumstance might allow for that.
1: And uh, I want to return back to that point around the charging and the value that agents add, because we, we've, got a, we've got a note here um, on, on the slider in terms of revenue per let versus market share versus something else. Um, just before I do that, William, we've had a question from Paul. Good morning, Paul. I hope you're well. Um, the rent prices are a product of supply and demand. Airbnb, et cetera, has taken a significant slice of properties from the residential home market. Do you think it is time that uh, there is significant action to have these properties brought back to the market? Uh, which I think he's referring to taking from the Airbnb, for example, and back into Paris. Um, And will this adjust rents to deliver affordable homes and stop
3: the need for rent freezes? What would be your thoughts, William, on that? Yeah, look, it's difficult getting accurate data on this stuff, but it's certainly there seems to be a supply issue. And I think the point Greg made around the tax changes are, are, are just one of them. There's all all, all the other regulations um, around this. For example, landlords needing to bring properties up to EPCC and the um, the changes that are going on um just just around landlord licensing and things like that are all um are, are all are all leading um certain landlords to just question what, what, whether they're in the right model or not and if airbnb's sort of popping up on in their inbox uh, mm-hmm. suggesting sort of a nice short term fix for their for their woes then you can understand why they why they might be tempted by it whether whether regulation is the right answer or whether um whether to Greg's point, sort of some form of uh, sort of change in the tax regime uh, is the right answer, or even dare I say it, sort of um, grants towards things like f- fixing things like the environmental issues via grants rather than via Um, dick taps, um you know, is not really for me to say. But I, but, but supply is the basic problem here, and mm-hmm. a lot of the policies that have been coming out from the um, policymakers have been have been just. Um, Deterring supply, restricting supply, encouraging landlords to look elsewhere for how, how to deploy their capital or, or how to use their assets. And that, and, and that obviously has an impact on shortage of um, stock. I mean, the, the Scottish situation is really interesting because, of course, rent freezes are not new. I mean, the, the Berlin's had them, New York's had them. They've, they've, so there's quite good. Data on how, how effectively they work, and, that, and it's really clear they don't work, or, or, or they they might work for in, in a very very short term period, but they 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 store up enormous problems, and they they create issues for mobility, they create issues for two tier. Uh, citizens, sort of them and us arrangements, and um, and of course in Scotland, it's taken almost no time for there to be real crises going on around. Um, I think in Glasgow, this sort of university accommodation has been. Uh, 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 I don't think crisis is, is a hyperbolic word. Really, there is some really terrible dynamics going on there. So, um, um, but but uh, and we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to be in a, in a market economy, and markets are usually quite good at fixing things. But but of course they do need policymakers not to not to um, to screw things up.
1: Yes. And, and it feels like there's less and less carrots and more sticks to your point in terms of incentivization. Um, I think it's very and regulations,
3: much better. And regulations at the end of the day are just sort of impede the market's ability to fix things. And, and you know they, 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 they seem like, I suppose, a tempting, a tempting move when you're in, in, in Whitehall, but they, um, they're, lead, they're leading to real distress out there.
1: And, and Angela um, uh, suggests, uh, good morning, Angela. She says, um, I think the issue of empty properties needs to be raised and laws around them need to be changed. So abandon empty properties, which are causing a blight to the community. Uh, the uh, LAs need more powers. Uh, to take control of these properties and bring them back into use instead of wasting time imposing sanctions on landlords and reducing the market of rental properties. I think it's fair to say, Angela, nobody on this call or indeed attending this call likes to see empty properties, um, especially given how much stress there is across all different uh, areas of the market. So um, I think you have uh, probably four thumbs up there, um, Angela, to, to that point. Um, Peter, going back to your point, I want to sort of bring Greg in on, uh, Greg in on, on the point you made there around value. Um, uh, I, I'm personally a big believer uh, in, in agents moving forward, especially focusing on revenue per let, especially with the threat of um, of less growth um, and potentially doing less volume and focusing on how they monetize and how they each let and add levels of service uh, to, to 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 the provision they give to the landlords. Um, firstly, into you, Greg, um, do you think um, agents have the right balance here um, on revenue per let versus market share, or, or should they be focusing on something else uh, going
0: into 2023? Yeah. Um, Oli, j- just um, just before that, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about the previous questions and Airbnb um, and, and the, uh, the following comment about uh, local authorities imposing. I, I, th- I think Airbnb, um, and forgive me for sort of going backwards, but Airbnb has clearly had an impact on it. And we saw that during the pandemic when all the Airbnb stock came back onto the market. And together with the reduced demand from less tourism, we saw rents drop by as much as 30 percent. In the um, prime central London area, mm. so supply increases definitely affect prices. So th- that that's a fact. Empty properties. I think getting local authorities involved in local, um, uh, sorry, local authorities get involved in uh, controlling supply is um, not going to be productive in the same way as further regulation may only deteriorate uh, the um, the levels of supply. So. um I think self-regulation is key. We live in a free market economy. Uh, why would any property owner wish to keep the property empty if the taxation regime, if the regulation and the uh, the, the demand was there? Of course, there would be renting out. So we need to look at what's broken rather than try to impose further restrictions. Um, so I just, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, with regard to what agents are doing, yes, of course, we need to uh, demonstrate value. If I understood your question correctly. And how can we do that in the best possible way? We need to stand out from the crowd. All the agents to consumers seem the same. We all say the same things. We make the same promises. We're better than everybody else. But why are we? How do we demonstrate that? And more importantly, how is it important to the people that we're talking to? Don't try to push yourself and uh, sort of explain what's important to you. Ask questions, understand what's important to them. And I think more and more landlords are concerned about the cost of living crisis and how. That will affect the tenant's ability to pay their rent. Um, I think rent and legal protection, which I'm sure we're going to touch on, uh, further down the line, uh, is important. Rent controls, further regulation, all of that. How can we help them navigate that difficult market? Now that's the key. We need to help. We need to be a part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Um, and I think there are more and more agents who are, um, who are getting better than we've ever been.
1: But is it is it not uh right to suggest that the that over over a longer period of time agents have devalued their their own services by crunching their fee down, um struggling to stand by what they believe they should charge in an anticipation and desire just to grow their market share and grow volumes and almost hoping things change over time. And actually there needs to be a pivot at some stage in the near future where agents say, actually, no, I am worth you know, 13%, 14% versus my 10% that I'm actually charging. I have to have better control than that because at the moment, you know, every deal that agents are doing below below that, that line that really their value is, is at um, is potentially damaging over, over a longer period of time, is it not?
0: Absolutely. And I think what what Peter said is, uh, is bang on. There is a polarisation of the types of agents out there. So you've got the cut price agents where they're racing to the bottom. Um, I, I don't think that's a new phenomenon. Uh, that's always been the case. Uh, and we've got agents who are really standing out and charging appropriately, demonstrating value and um, being chosen by a larger percentage of the market. There are more uh, landlords choosing to instruct an agent to fully manage the property than ever before uh they're recognizing the value and importance of an agent um but we also have to remember that we're dealing with people agents are people and everybody has their um sort of insecurities at, at times uh sort of the fears of not hitting their targets not getting the instructions levels that they need um so uh, we need to educate the uh the industry as a whole that what we do has value what we do is essential to mm. not just landlords but also tenants um, and whilst it may seem that they have infinite protection from the, uh, never ending legislation that is there to level the playing field, as it were. Um, I, I think some ages, sorry, some tenants are still quite vulnerable in how they are perceiving, uh, the, the lettings industry as a whole. And, and and
1: personally I think that that's the that, that's the great role of, of a letting agent is to help educate tenants and and really show value. Albeit, you know, leg, leg, legislation has meant you can't charge for that service. Um it, um I would maybe say it's naive to not focus on that because there's a longer tail there of future tenants future landlords future vendors future sellers future buyers etc um you know we're in i think most agents are in this for the long game and uh, especially when you're building a brand and reputation um what strikes me uh, one of the major changes of course to our entire market was 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 the portals um and that maybe removed the um the need to go back to the same person you last bought your house from and i wonder if agents you know do they focus enough on on thinking how do i get that reoccurring business so they come to me first that's a massive ask though I appreciate in the theory that's great. In practice, that's a lot harder to do um, uh, well, Ollie, in reality.
2: Ollie, we, we, we've um, we've we've carried out a survey called the Home Moving Trends Survey for fifteen, I think it is years now, and uh, we get up to thirty thousand people who are actively moving, taking part in it each year. And you know, there are there are three or four key themes really that 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 come that come in here. The first the first one is as you've already said. It's very hard for people who transact relatively infrequently to be able to differentiate between one agent and another. You know, I mean, agents would have more standout. They said, I'm number two in my area rather than number one, quite frankly, in some instances, because every agent is claiming to be the best, right? Mm. And, and 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 what's the substantiation for that? And of course, whether you are a landlord or a seller, You're only going to find out whether your agent's any good after the event because they're all going to promise you that you are. So, you know, it's one of the reasons why we set up the best estate agent guide was to provide a useful uh, uh, reference point. So, the first thing is that consumers tend to look at um, uh, agents as as all being the same. The second thing is that the fees on both sale and rental have all been in a downward movement, right? And, you know, and at the same time, you could argue that that could be offset perhaps to a degree by increases in both. Property values and, and rents, but I'm afraid costs have also been going up uh, substantially as well. And you know, the problem with, that we all face, actually, more, more than that, is transaction numbers. That's what that's what drives the state agency. You know, it's not just you know, a 5% increase or decrease for that matter in rents or in prices. You know, it's not, it has an impact, but nothing compared to the reduction in transaction numbers. And what we're seeing at the moment is we've had two years of completely uh, unparalleled, not unparalleled, but we've had a massive spike in terms of the numbers of transactions. And they've fallen back on the sales side to where they used to be. But in that two years where it's been absolutely 20% or more higher, I'm afraid a lot of agents have have geared themselves up in terms of their own personal finances and spending as well. That, that is the normal. It's not the normal. It was just a spike in, in in terms of activity and it's come back down again. So our surveys show that actually people are paying less. And one of the one of the uh, attendees has just asked a question about typical rents. I'd be happy to answer that separately, uh, because it does vary hugely from one region to another. And it also varies significantly from property values, one, one to another. But the very best agents, I mean, one of our members. Is, um, is paramount. Uh, Spencer Lawrence, many of you will have will have seen, and you know, what the, what they're managing to do with their landlords is, and and for that matter, they call they call tenants residents. They they they've changed the land the language, which I think is really interesting and helpful. And what they're now looking at is is averages of four year tenancies. Where they're doing improvements during the tenancy, where the, where the properties are being maintained and not just maintained, improved whilst the tenant is in situ. When the tenants are away on holiday, they'll go in and change the carpets, or they'll refit the kitchen, or they'll mm. change the bathrooms. And they're working collaboratively. And the consequence of this is that they're actually managing, they're properly asset managing. And, and they're charging very, very healthy fees as a consequence. And it's it's an example for others to follow. But if you're just gonna look look to be the cookie cutter approach just just get them on the market stick them on the portals get any 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 you know tenant in that you can find that that ticks an, a, a sufficient number of boxes it's just not good enough and it's not sustainable and you will not be able to charge appropriate fees which is why so many of those agents are now getting out and selling up to those bigger organizations who in turn i think are potentially stacking themselves up for Massive challenges going forwards. And and and, 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 and and in in terms of changing
1: business model, it's great to see businesses adapt and change, but of course. That can be sideswiped by other changes, like reform. So when you're looking for longer tenancies, and of course, then the government comes along and says, "Hey, actually, no fixed-term tenancies." We're going to, have to periodic. We're going to talk about that shortly. But I think taking that different approach and looking outside the box and trying to service both tenants and landlord in equal measure, you know, and, and, and try and provide consistency and longevity is, is definitely key. Um, it's clear from this conversation that, that that the market continues to need support, um, and there is many fantastic suppliers across the market. Um, um, uh, who, who try and do a range of things, um, William? What role do suppliers uh, play over the next twelve months in supporting letting agency businesses? Is, do you think that's different than maybe the previous couple of years, or is it more of the same?
3: I think it's, it's certainly. I think I'm certainly hoping it's a little bit different from the two years ago, olive when we were all learning how to spell furlough and uh, you know um, frantically frant- trying to work out which way I was up. Um, and i think a world of inflation is is a, is a sort of different place to be than than um the whole lockdown era that we've just come out of um but i think I think one of the changes that's on our mind uh, the team here at good Lord, is um we're seeing a significant increase in um attempted fraud um uh, as the presumably to do with the cost of living li- living stresses um and certainly I think those those of us on the front line of that um uh We've, we've got a real role to play here, and, and especially um, those of us who've got, um, you know, who, who, who've got who've got scale and got wide diverse diverse uh, exposure to the market. Where you know you, you, we, we're see, we're seeing examples where the sort of same 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 people are, are operating in kind of different agencies, different locations, but using similar techniques. So I think that's 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 a relatively new thing that probably is going to um, be at the forefront in 2023 to a level it really wasn't in the last couple of years. Yeah no
1: I agree and I think the we've seen the um we've seen the change through covid of agency being switched more onto digital transformation um uh, arguably, there's still steps to go with that across the whole market. Um, but um, I, I, I think sup- suppliers play a key role and it's, it's easy to see that as a transactional partnership. And I would urge you to to ask more uh, of us, ask more of your existing suppliers if you don't use Good Goodlord. Um, we're here to help and it should be a partnership that takes on the challenges we're talking about and we're about to talk about. Because one of the other things that's coming down the tracks in 2023, whether we like it or not, uh, I think, unfortunately, um, is the renters reform bill. Um, the government have been um have now committed a couple of times to delivering this um if we can move on uh to the next slide please sarah uh the the end of section 21 has had a lot of noise um and i'm gonna uh, put to the panel that that's a red herring doesn't affect you as a business today. Um, it might affect how you conduct yourselves. It might affect how you manage processes. Actually, if you use a supply for a lot of these things and you, and you have the relevant protection, arguably it doesn't affect you as much, uh, or, or and your landlord as much anywhere near as some the noise we would, we, would have. Um, I, I'm going to suggest to the panel that the, the biggest change being suggested in the reform is the change to priority tenancies. Um, Greg, when we look at the change and the effect of that change, um, do you think most letting agents going into 23, 2023 are ahead of this? Because essentially the moved to letting strips out the renewal process, uh, which is an area where many agents, if not all, will monetize. What's your sort of take on this, um, looking out to the rest of the market and some of the, the agents that you, you speak to frequently?
0: Well, I, I've been doing this for two decades now. The market has never stayed the same. Uh, there are always challenges. And when we refer to something as a renewal process, um, or a renewal fee for that matter. Um, having spoken to many other agents in the industry, everybody has a different term for it. So some refer to a renewal fee as a £60 they charge for sending out a template, co- templated contract. Others provide a full service. Now, with more agents offering a full, full management service or a part management service where fees are collected monthly. Um, I, I think. Sort of isolating one aspect of a job, i.e. sending out a tenancy agreement, um, is wrong because there is so much more that, that we do. We, we review rents. We provide comparable evidence. We negotiate with tenants. Um, when you look at commercial property and the rent reviews, uh, that are being charged for very, very healthily. Um, what is the difference between what we do and what happens there? I think we will need to improve the standard of the, rent review process that we do, um, because if the tenant can challenge it through a first-year tribunal and the landlord cannot um, serve a Section 21 notice, then uh, further education is needed on how to handle a Section 13 rent increase notice um, and various others. So um, I, I think things are changing. We need to adapt. We need to plan. We need to start planning now, because although I don't predict the changes to become effective for another 12 months or thereabouts at least um that period of time will pass us by very very quickly and um, as we saw with the tenant fees ban uh, where we saw so many agents being unprepared and just, just scrambling um with the last a couple of months notice admittedly we had the pandemic um and, and and any other legislation i think we need to plan we need to uh, think ahead rather than be reactive
2: Greg, I, uh, Greg, Greg makes a great point there, Ollie. You know, I mean, we've been here before, right? It's same meat, different gravy. We we were here with with the, with the whole tenant fee ban, and what and there's two things that came out of that, really. I think fundamentally, the first is that actually the Armageddon scenario that so many people were painting was uh, proven to be untrue, um, and 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 actually, uh, although a lot of agents left it late. What they what they, they were were all able to do was to increase charges to to their landlords, uh, and or to reduce their cost base, or mm-hmm. to find other income streams that w- that would offset. But the fact of the matter is that, that you know, we've been we've been down this road. And Greg's point is this: if you get ahead of the game, so if you if you know this is going to be down the down the track, and we have got plenty of notice on this then you've got plenty of time. In, and this is where I think it's individually again, back to this individual relationship with each landlord, to say, look, this is coming up. You know, what are we going to do about this for our all of our benefits, for your existing tenants, for you as the landlord, and for us as agents? How are we going to approach this? And so my sense is that, again, the best agents are going to be uh, mitigating this and it won't be the Armageddon scenario that people are, are, are painting to be. For the majority, you know, it will mm-hmm. it will be for some. There's always going to be people who are impacted one way or another. But you know, for the majority of good quality agents that they've been down this road, get ahead of the game, speak to your landlords, and, and make a point of having a plan in place for each one individually as to how you're going to transition this. Uh and 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 you know, the problem, the, the magnitude of the problem will diminish hugely. Control the controllables.
1: Yes, indeed. And I think the, it, it, a lot of this is, is perspective and action. And uh, if you've got one thing on your to-do list when you return from Christmas, to the agents that have joined us today, um, I would suggest it if you haven't done this already, is is at least start the assessment on the impact uh, of the change to private lettings. Um, and question the perspective as well in terms of how you view a landlord and the relationship with the landlord. At the moment, it's tenancy-based. It doesn't have to be that way. It could be yearly-based. You're managing their property. You're managing their biggest asset. And I think um, focusing on that away from the terms of a tenancy uh, may well be, um, may well prove productive in terms of how you can get a charging model that isn't, consi- you know, isn't consistently around uh, what is now going to be uh, a very flexible termed um, agreement. Um, hmm. But I think well, it's fair to say, Greg, is it not, that this doesn't change tenure. This doesn't change no, tenants being less transient. No, so the market right. actually doesn't change.
0: And and I was going to make, make another point um, y- using Good Lord as an analogy. Um, we offer rent and legal protection to the vast majority of our clients um, because, as William said, there are new challenges that we're facing with regard to the cost of living crisis and tenants struggling to secure tenancies. So obviously that's where we rely on a third party referencing company. Um, but more importantly, it needs to be backed up by rent and legal protection um, because when things go wrong, you don't want it to go terribly wrong. Um you charge per property rather Mm. than per tenancy. Whereas 10 years ago, the standard was per tenancy. Now, why is that? It's because the landlord is in it for the long haul. Just because you may need to find another tenant during the period of, I don't know, five years or maybe two tenants. Why does that matter? Finding a tenant is an aspect. It's a part of the service that we provide. It is not the whole service. And agents who haven't um realize that um finding a tenant it it is not a hundred percent of the service. Many agents that I speak to are phasing out the letting service altogether. Mm. They're stopping um offering that option. Um, and landlords understand that that is the reality. Unless they have full time landlords and have time to educate themselves um, and sort of manage a huge portfolio of 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 properties, um, then they need professional advice and support. Um, Greg,
2: that's so spot on, so spot on. I mean, the Australians um don't even call it rental. Uh they call it property management. Yeah. And and the idea of just tenant find only is just uh, ridiculous to them. And you know, uh, it's probably almost 10 years ago now, so used to about predictions and recording. Uh, I could probably dig this recording out from about 10 years ago, Ollie um that we said that this industry is going to move from sales and lettings which is how it's always been referred to to property management and sales mm. and indeed the sale aspect of it from a from a landlord perspective is a part of the whole property management it's the asset management piece and and, and it's this joined up uh, opportunity it's no longer just you know finding a tenant and moving a tenant in and 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 if that was ever appropriate which i doubt that it was it's certainly not now
1: no and, and also the, the 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 amount of challenge that Alanol faces it it's just not relevant to, to to the risk they face i mean we again i i would echo the thoughts of many that that's the important role letting agents play um with all of this change all this reform um uh, I think it's a fair argument that you are far well ahead of this, even if you feel behind it as letting agents. Far well ahead of it than the vast majority of landlords sat there managing their properties themselves after utilising your services to get on a portal. So I think uh, some interesting, really interesting content there, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to move on to the um, the quick fire round because I'm conscious of time. And thank you for the hundreds and hundreds that are stuck with us. Um, I'm going to start with you, William. Um, house prices? Um, uh, do you forecast them to go up? Uh, 5% plus, stay the same, or 5% drop? Which cohort do you think they'll fall in? Uh,
3: I think same as in drop less than 5%. Okay, interesting. Um, Greg, landlord volumes? Landlord volumes
0: will decrease, unfortunately, over the next 12 months. However, I see uh, landlords entering the markets uh, again when um, either the interest rates drop or the legislation changes or the rents increase sufficiently uh, to make it as profitable as it needs to be.
1: And uh, Peter, management fees, do you think agents will, we've talked a bit about maybe how and why, um, do you think in the next 12 months letting agents will achieve an increase in management fees? They'll stay roughly the same or do we think the the race to the bottom will continue somewhat and they'll decrease?
2: Well, I hate having creosote on my trousers, Ollie. but um, all three scenarios will will occur. Some agents will increase, some will remain the same, and some will decrease. So the average is the same. I think
1: you've ducked out of that one, to be honest with you
2: there. The the best agents are going to increase their fees because otherwise they won't survive. Indeed. Uh, However, I'm afraid the majority of agents will probably chase market share and will decrease. So overall, they'll
0: decrease. Very interesting. Ollie, um, um, just, just a very quick caveat on the landlord volumes, because obviously everybody expects them to decrease. The, the, um, the unlikely event, but what we could see, is that if the sales market slows down, then we may see some vendors um, dip their toe in the lettings market, like we saw um, uh, about 15 years ago or so, mm.
3: um,
0: and uh, that will increase supply somewhat. But the demand for properties... Uh, is so high that it will not impact rent levels. That, that's that's sort of the, the my hedge um, as, as I'm learning from Peter. <laughs> it's, no, I,
1: th- I think we're, we're playing a fast and loose game here in 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 terms of predicting this because, of course, it's horses for courses and depending on the quality and the and and, and the outlook and um, service level you're providing will depend how well you monetize and, and monopolize in the market you're working in. Frankly, and I think that's the point, isn't it? That um, actually through this year and actually the last couple of years moving forwards it's a market of opportunity for the very best. Um, But I think that, you know, for me, the message is you can't be mediocre at this and expect to really turn a living because there's far better agents out there thinking smarter. And, um, you know, I'm sure um, utilizing the support and education pieces across the market, if you're doing that, you know, all of our attendees today will be in that that higher cohort pushing for pushing for more and more market share and better fees and trying to give better service to landlords. Um, of course, a lot is dictated by rents, William. What's your forecast from a rental perspective, a rental value perspective? Do you think they will continue to increase? Um, yeah. Uh, just, just carry on growing at what similar rates, or do we think we'll slow that will slow down somewhat? I, I just
3: think in, there's there's such an imbalance in between demand and supply right now. I think they're going to they're absolutely going to continue to increase, and and of course landlords are sort of just looking at extra cost, extra cost, extra cost, and thinking, well, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to charge what I can, and they can they can ask for quite a significant rent rent increases.
1: And and sixty
3: six percent of our attendees
1: today would agree with you William, actually, um, that, that rents will increase. Uh, I don't think that's, a, you know, that's probably sort of accurate in terms of across the panel view. Um, looking at management fees, um, this is this is more split. Um, only thirty two percent believe um, that they, they'll increase. Sixty three percent remain the same, um, and six percent uh, decrease. Um, uh, by more. Um, people weren't price- able to do a
3: Peter there and tick all three boxes, were they, Ollie? They, they were <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, And looking at landlord volumes, um, the 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 majority, 58%, uh, believe that landlord volumes will decrease by 5% or more, uh, 31% remaining the same. Uh, and we have 11% of people feeling quite optimistic. Um, and maybe that tells you, to Peter's point, how they're viewing their business and how, where they see see opportunity, maybe. Um, and on the final point, if Mike will work i can't actually get rolled all up so i'm having technical difference here we go uh, and on the first question um, house prices to either increase remain the same or decrease um uh 68 uh, percent of people believe that house prices will decrease by uh, up to five percent or more um which is quite damning actually when you look at the spread um for every attending um i hope that, that that short session uh has been somewhat informative um and uh, there's a few guides in there to looking forwards uh to my fellow panelists william peter greg thank you so much for your for your input today um uh thank you to all the attendees for their questions um and to everybody this joining happy christmas wish you a happy christmas and happy new year uh and we look forward to seeing you and supporting you um through 2023 thank you very much for all your time guys thank you thank, thank you guys you so bye-bye
0: merry christmas
3: merry christmas